Hey, it's story time again. How about that? This book's got more chapters in it than I ever expected. This one's number 14. Wow. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hey, everyone. It's Phil once again, coming back at you on my show, The Lip. Wanted to let you know that today I'm doing something a little unusual, and I'm still wondering why I'm doing it. Here I am sitting in my office which is where I like to do my shows, and in the process, I'm wearing my recently acquired WWE Championship belt. Granted, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. It's one of my favorite birthday presents. I enjoy it a great deal. My wife thinks I look crazy walking around the house with it, and there's been plenty of times when I tried to leave the house and go places with it, but she will not allow that to happen. So... The closest place I can take it is out to my office, and I'm going to do just that. However, sitting down on my couch where I like to record, this thing is definitely not doing my uh, cardiovascular any favors. It's a really great piece, but you know, it's just not meant to be worn while doing a lot of talking. But I'm going to do it for as long as I can. Probably at least the be till the end of this segment anyway. Um, check out the YouTube channel. I've actually recorded a little message while wearing it as I was preparing to do this show today. Um, I hope you enjoy that. I think it's funny. In the background, you can see my Money in the Bank briefcase as well. And that's probably the one of the few glimpses of my office that, you're, that you've gotten thus far. But... Now, on to the pressing matter of the day. Today's episode is the 14th chapter of what I like to call Store. It's interesting. I've got a few interesting ones, I think. Um, most of them are funny. One of them's a bit of a nightmare. Um, and that nightmare, I think I might have talked about in my collections episode, which is in the archives, one of the earlier ones. Um... But it's one that I think about quite frequently because I believe that was a one-shot deal. And I don't believe that I'm ever going to do that again. Thus, why I have my Emperor Palpatine lightsaber locked away, out of sight, out of mind, and out of commission, unfortunately. But, que sera, you know, whatever will be, will be. Um, I'm pretty excited, though, to think that I've actually come up with all this many stories. When I first came up with the format of doing story, I just had a few episodes in mind. I didn't realize that I was going to go quite as far as I've been. And it's a good surprise, don't get me wrong, a very good surprise. I mean, man, this is how you know just how interesting you are personally, well, for me anyway. I think that a lot of this stuff that I've been through, seen, experienced throughout my life is actually very entertaining. And this is the beautiful part about this whole podcast and these episodes, because you know how times in life you have funny things happen here or there, and for a time you forget about what it was. And sometimes the people that you experience those things with may be in your rearview mirror, and you don't necessarily get a chance to relive those moments 
as often as you like and sometimes you might even forget about them for years and years and years to the point where you almost lose the memory and this format gives me the opportunity to preserve the memory of some of these stories and man i find it to be just like the mastercard commercial say priceless i really do um because now these stories are now locked away in internet land forever for always preserved um it's a beautiful thing um wow it's very very interesting how that works now on that same note i did see something a little off the other day um a motorcycle accident just up the road from me man i don't know what's worse all the shootings or these accidents man it's crazy but it is what it is you just got to be careful out there and that's specifically to the people around me here in philadelphia but around the world as well but now we're about to start the stories enjoy Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Once again, we're opening story number 14. And I'm going to start with, let's see, not that my notes are that extensive, but they're enough for me to jog my memory. And that's all that really matters, isn't it? I'm going to start off with the show. And I'm not talking about the PlayStation video baseball game. That's really pretty good. It's something that I came up with in my own mind, probably around the year 1999-2000. And it's a direct result of my ability to eat an entire pizza. Now, granted, first time I ever did eat an entire pizza, I was in 7th grade. That was in 1991. And... All those times, obviously, I wasn't a driver, and pizza was delivered, and I ate the pizza at home. Now we're going to fast forward to 99, 2000, somewhere in that neighborhood. Now I've gotten cars. In fact, at this time, I have my 99, I was, 99, 2000, I had the Z28, yes, the 85 Z28 Camaro. Loved it. Beautiful machine. Really fast. Miss it to this day. But I can attest to you this. Whenever I would order pizza from certain places, it would usually be within relative driving distance, no more than 10 minutes away from my house. I'd go home, and I would eat my entire pizza, watching a movie, and just be happy about it. Now, during that time, a pizzeria opened up called Midtown, since closed... Um, but it had risen to prominence in my mind. It had become my favorite pizza place. And I would like to go there as frequently as possible. But using the mindset of podcaster slash second best manager in professional wrestling history. And arguably... The best manager who's living today, Jim Cornette, he has the phrase of, well, I love it to death. He usually uses it about wrestling, but I'm going to put it in the context of pizza. You can't miss me if you don't go, it's like you won't miss me 
I can't miss you if you don't go away. Sorry about that, Jim. You can't. I can't miss you if you don't go away. So what I would do is I wouldn't just go to my favorite place, Midtown, every single time I want that pizza. I would go in other places here and there. And when the time was right and I had eaten what I would consider decent pizza, then I would step up the game and go to what was my favorite place at the time. Um, and the only trick about it was it was far enough away from my house where it didn't make a whole lot of sense for me to bring the pizza home. I would usually stop off at my aunt's house, which was maybe two, three minutes away from that pizza place at the time. My house was probably 20 minutes away. So if you were to go to Midtown and buy a pizza, have it made, have it picked up, and then take it back to where I was living at the time, Manchester, it wouldn't be at its premium quality. Not that it wasn't still great, but it wouldn't be at the high level that I expected it to have been at. So, one day I decided that I didn't want to go over to my aunt's house, and I wanted it at its absolute peak. So I decided to sit down inside Midtown's restaurant and eat the entire pizza there. And that was the first time I had actually eaten an entire pizza inside of the restaurant that it was made at. And both the patrons of the restaurant and the employees of the restaurant were amazed because I guess up until that point, they had never actually seen somebody sit down and eat an entire pizza. And definitely not in their establishment. Now, granted, it was a normal large pizza. I believe it was 16 to 18 inches, which is about standard normal pie. And they were just so stunned and amazed that I actually sat there and did that, that they were telling me that what I should do is step up to the next level, which is the pizza that they had, which was the, a monster, which was a 24-inch pizza. It's an insane size pizza. I believe I will give you a picture that I have, and I'll post it somewhere uh, prior, either during this week or after this week, I'll post a picture of the box that this pizza came in. It's just enormous. It really is. It's gigantic. Um, but I had told them that I wasn't going to do it. But eventually I did. I'm not going to lie to you. That was the big one. And if you look at my comp uh, attempt at competitive eating podcast, which is in my archives, I detailed that that was one of the biggest things that I had done was eat that entire pizza twice. Um, took me an hour to do. But now back to the story at hand. At this point, what it became was a show. I would go there and I would simply sit down and eat this pizza for show for everybody to watch. And I would start to do that in other pizza places as well. And whenever I would go and sit down and eat an entire pizza inside of a restaurant, I declared it the show. I was about to give everybody in there who was either an employee or a customer a show of epic proportions that they probably hadn't seen, which is somebody sit there and eat an entire pizza live in front of them. And they would all bear witness to this. Of course, the ultimate show was the day that I did, in fact, eat the 24-inch pie. Now, to make that totally official, like I told you previously, Midtown has since closed, and the restaurant that was 
my favorite prior to Midtown, has once again risen to prominence to become my favorite once again, and that is Capone's. Now, I'm going to give you something I haven't done in probably too long, which is a preview of next week's episode in the middle of this one, which is kind of crazy. But I've wanted to do an episode about pizza, and that's exactly what I'm going to do next week. It's going to be an entire show featuring what I believe is my definitive explanation of pizza from my perspective, which is near and dear to my heart, my favorite food. And I think that that's going to be a fun episode to do. But now I'm going to move on to the next part of the story. Here comes what I'm going to call collector nightmare. Anybody who collects things has an appreciation for those things they collect. It's just a fact. Um, For me, I collect lightsabers. I have Jedi Knights on my wall and Sith Lords. And I also collect, which is probably my primary and favorite collection, my cereal boxes, which is now... As I record this episode, stands at 734 cereal boxes. I just love it. But I also collected watches. I'm not a guy who's going to have the money to buy Rolexes, and that's not even what I like to collect, because I'm more towards comics and um, Star Wars. And when I can combine the comics and Star Wars with something cool, like, aka watches, um, it just so happens that's something that I wanted to get my hands on, and probably in the early 2000s, 2001, maybe up until about 2006, I was looking for watches that were pretty cool. I found Fossil to be my main stay of what I like to collect. Because they combine a, a decent watch, which is a really good product, for a fair price. But more interestingly enough, they were collector watches. Uh, the series is that they would show up with would be only made uh, one to three thousand watches per setup. And I have a couple of Batman watches, a Superman watch. Um, a couple of Darth Vader watches that are in those ranges. Um, the watch that I'm speaking about specifically on this particular show is a Batman watch, which is 1,622 of 3,000 watches made. It's once again 1,622 of 3,000 watches made. It's a beautiful watch. It's just got a nice chrome finish. Um, On the inside of the watch, when it stands normally, there's nothing in it. However, if you push the button, you can have a Batman symbol appear in the background that the lithium battery lights up. If you push the button a couple of times, that Batman symbol will then blink back and forth. Now... When I originally got the watch, it wasn't overly priced. It was about $150. Um, And I had it for a while, and then the battery died out of it. Now, I would have expected that I would be able to go directly to the place where I got it and have them replace the battery. 
turns out these people didn't want anything to do with the lithium battery at the time. Now this is, like I said, early 2000s. And what they recommended was that I send the watch to Fossil and have them replace the battery. They gave me all the information that I needed and all I had to do is give them the watch and that's exactly what they did. They sent it off. Now, I was happy about it. They said it was only going to be 10 bucks, So I was like, all right, 10 bucks. get my new battery in my watch and I'll be happy as a clam at the end of the day. Sure enough, I now have my watch in the wind and one week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by, four weeks. Now we're talking a month and a little more than that after a while. And then I decided to go and look at the paperwork for the watch. Now, of course, this isn't the days when Amazon would just drop stuff off the next day and go back and forth. So I look at the paperwork and this is where my nightmare began. On the paperwork, it said, here we are at Fossil. I'm just paraphrasing and we're going to repair your watch. Now, on the event that we cannot repair your watch, we will send you a equivalent watch to the one that you sent. Now, normally, if I had just bought any run-of-the-mill fossil watch, I'd have been like, fine, whatever, give me another $150 watch. I'm cool with that. But once again, this watch was 1,622 of 3,000 watches made. And when I sent this watch off to be repaired, I had owned the watch for two years, meaning that the likelihood that there was even one of those 3,000 watches in circulation that wasn't already in somebody else's collection was a zero possibility, most likely. Which meant that if they were going to, if they couldn't repair my watch, let's say the lithium battery exploded on the inside and destroyed the inner workings and they could only just give me another watch. They wouldn't have been able to give me that Batman watch back. I would have got some other watch of it, what I would believe is a tremendously lesser value because it wouldn't have been 1,622 or 3,000. It would have been one of who knows how many. And it would have been a completely different watch altogether. I was sick for another couple of weeks until finally my mind was going crazy and I went and I went to the place and I said um, I didn't realize that the situation was going to be what it was that I might not be able to get this watch back and they told me oh yeah we forgot to tell you about that you forgot to tell me but at the same time I forgot to read so I could only be so mad at them I shook my head and I just said, all right. Um, now, I knew that the watch wasn't going to be sent back to my house. It was going back to the store. So I had to wait another couple of weeks. So now it ended up being about two and a half months. And I get the phone call and they say, hey, your watch is back. Now, I'm feeling really, really, really nervous because I don't know what I'm going to get. Is it going to be my Batman watch, or is it going to be just some random fossil watch? This whole time, driving to the mall was maybe 15 minutes. And, of course, I hit every light, which made the trip probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And the anxiety began to build greater and greater and greater until I got to the parking lot of the mall. 
when it crescendoed to the point where I was beginning to lose my mind, I get out of the car, I go into the store as quickly as I can, but at the same time, not really trying to get there that quickly because I don't know what I'm going to find. I get to the store. They look underneath the shelf, they rummage around for a few minutes, don't see anything. Now I'm getting really nervous. They then say, oh, it's in the back. So they move a little deeper. And there it is. They pull out a bag that had my watch in it. They open it up and they say, here it is. They push the button. There was my bat symbol. There was my watch. It felt like I had just been squatting 4,000 pounds and I was able to just drop the weight. I was so relieved at that point. I can't even begin to describe to you how how relieved I was. But here I go. I got my watch. Nightmare was over. And I swore up and down I would never, ever, ever, ever have one of my collectibles sent away again. Of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, I have... I would have thought that that would have been a great idea, but I know that realistically, in order to get some of my sports cards graded, I have to send them away, and they have to be out of my sight, and I have to hope that they'll come back, A, in the condition that I sent them, and B, that they are the exact same cards, and the people don't try to take the card that I gave them, which was actually in good shape, and replace it with one that's in lesser shape. But of course, that's going to be a story for another day. Okay, last story of the day. I make mention all the time that I was from the Jersey Shore, probably no more than 20 minutes away from the beach. But after high school, I moved to Manchester, which was probably no more than 20 minutes away from Six Flags Great Adventure. Now, I enjoyed going to Great Adventure all my life. Usually, from the time I was in... 7th grade, which was 91, till my junior year of high school in 95, probably went to Great Adventure twice a year. Now I know for my Philadelphia audience, a lot of times they might go once a year if they go that many. But now, like I said, I was really close to Great Adventure at the time. Now, after I graduated, I talked to my aunt and got a very special Christmas present every year from 1996 all the way until 1990 until 2007 and that was a season pass with parking pass to Great Adventure and I went twice a week for that entire span just enjoy going to the Great Adventure just enjoy the theme parks and love roller coasters again here I go plucking my own stuff I actually have an archived episode where I talk about thrill rides and theme parks and roller coasters. Check that one out. But now, we're going to focus back to Great Adventure, and we're not talking about the rides. We're talking about a very confused employee. Someone who may or may not have been the sharpest tool in the shed, they may say. The elevator might not have gone all the way to the top. 
you can decide what you'd like to use as far as the analogy of this individual's intelligence. Perhaps his IQ was sub-85, I mean, things like that. But, here I am, me and my cousin Dan, the doctor. We're doing what we usually do. And that was, we went to Great Adventure. And I believe it was, just after, was it before he graduated or after he graduated? I think it might have been. after, just after, so it must have been, at that point, it was probably 98 before he went to University of Delaware, I believe it was somewhere in that time, pretty must have been 98, had to be, I'm thinking, because he hadn't gone to school yet, and he was with me when we went to the adventure, and so here we are, we did our rides, we did all that stuff, enjoyed it, like we always do, and this day, he decided he wanted a soft-serve ice cream. Now, I never really bought anything from Great Adventure. It just wasn't my thing. I would prefer to eat outside the park, and almost all the time I did. But he was just really in a mood for the soft-serve. So we decided to go to the soft-serve place. And, of course, like I said, we became literally max of Great Adventure because we went there so often. And we're standing in line. And to give you an idea of the simplicity of this soft serve stand, it was legitimately the options were not very high. There was vanilla soft serve, chocolate soft serve, and swirl, which was vanilla and chocolate. And then they had sprinkles or jimmies, depending on where you're from. Mm -hmm. Um... And they only had one kind, only the colored. They didn't have the chocolate, they only had the colored. So, that was it. You had, your options were pretty limited to vanilla, chocolate, and swirl, jimmies, sprinkles, or no jimmies, sprinkles. That was it. That was it. One kind of cone. And then you move on. <sighs> we waited in this line, which was fairly decently long. We were in there for like 10-15 minutes and we were just talking about all kinds of stuff and here comes the person in front of us. They get up to the line. I asked for probably the most simplistic order on the entire menu. He says, can I have just a vanilla soft serve? That's all I want, just vanilla. The employee looked at him, apparently confused looking. I'll never forget the look on his face. It seemed like he heard what the customer said, but he didn't understand, which is strange because he looked like a fairly intelligent individual, but apparently I was definitely wrong in my assessment of him. He then proceeded to turn around and take and uh, get the order ready. And me and my cousin are just still talking, and the employee turns around and he hands the guy in front of us his ice cream. And it's literally the farthest possibility from what he asked for. Now remember, I said that the guy asked for a plain vanilla cone. That's all he wanted. What the guy was handed was a chocolate cone with sprinkles. 
Yeah, that's it, it. It's just as far away as you could possibly get from what he wanted. It really was. Me and my cousin looked at each other, dumbfounded. I believe that each of us probably lost about two points in our IQ just from the experience. The guy in front looked and he went back and forth with the guy saying, I just wanted a plain one. Plain vanilla cone. And he hands it back to the employee and the employee... And I, I mean, you can't make this up. He, <laughs> he takes the cone from the customer, turns around, and makes a chocolate cone. No sprinkles this time. Still not what the guy wanted. And me and my cousin are totally dumbfounded. But the person behind us is what makes this story so funny. He's looking at this whole situation, too, because we're all close enough. This is not anywhere near the COVID era, so we're kind of fairly close together. So the guy behind us looks at us, and we're all just kind of laughing now because it's now gotten ridiculous. This guy got the order, which was the simplest possible order on the menu. And there, like I said, there was only soft drinks and then those three types of ice cream. And the guy behind us looks at us, and he says, you know, I'm going to really mess with this guy's head. And I'm going to order half vanilla, half swirl, because I only want a quarter of chocolate. <laughs> half vanilla, half swirl. Now, unfortunately, my cousin ordered his code, which he actually just wanted vanilla with sprinkles. And we were able to go to the next person because this confusing situation was so bad that the guy in front of us stayed there for a few minutes. And my cousin actually got the vanilla cone with the sprinkles he wanted. And we left. We didn't get to hear if the guy behind us actually did place the order for half vanilla, half swirl. Because I would have loved to have seen it. Because I imagine that that uh, employee would have probably had a mental breakdown. And whatever was left of his brains would have probably oozed out of his ears. And he would have collapsed right in front of us. That would have been very interesting to have seen. Um, <laughs> on that note, I'm going to call this episode over. Um, I'm going to ring the bell for the main event. Ding, ding, ding. Here I go again. It's time for the Spear of the Week. Last week, I made it pretty clear that I'm not going to spear anything except for the violence that's been going around in the city of Philadelphia because there's been a lot of it, and it's been unnecessary. And once again, that's exactly where my mind is. That's my Spear of the Week, the violence that's going on. I mean... It's crazy. I am going to give you a little taste of my politics, but just a little bit. I am not an I am not a uh, Democrat, and I am not a Republican. I am one hundred percent an independent. I believe that there's some things that are right on both sides, but they're not getting everything right on either side. <sighs> it's terrible what's going on. And I wish that people would just look at the situation between the mass shootings around the country and the people who are just killing other people for just dumb reasons. In fact, the other day, just outside of Philadelphia, a guy was killed in a road rage incident for driving too slow. It's just driving too slow and you decide to kill the man? I don't know. I'm sorry. I am not opposed to guns. I feel that 
they are certainly something that has a place when used properly. But it's clear that a lot of the people who are around are not using them in a way that should be used. And I believe that a situation may be coming, which I hope doesn't, that just like in grade school, when people do things that are off, that it ruins it for everybody else. And the way that we're going, it looks like that may be the possibility. And that's a sad thing. But again, my spear of the week is all this violence. Okay, I'm going to wrap this episode up. It was another chapter in the life of Phil. Story number 14. Crazy. I keep saying it because every time I say it, it just makes me go, wow. Every time. 14 of these have been in the books. It's absolutely incredible to me. Out of my 59 episodes that I've come up with so far, this is number 59. And I've been able to tell... Quite a few stories that have happened in my life. I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you do as well. Let me know on my Instagram, which is philiphenderson5102. Or hit me on Twitter, at pissedphil, with two L's. Don't forget two L's. And then, of course, if you have an enjoyment of the show, I hope that you would be cool enough to take the time to join my group which we have just members that are just taking it in and i'm glad for everyone it's called the lip obviously it's the facebook group the lip come and join us bring your expertise into whatever you've got uh give us an opinion on whatever you might have i mean it's a fun place i think now i've got words of wisdom for that guy so many years ago who couldn't get plain vanilla cone correct simple but true your brain reminds me of a non-stick pan yeah his brain clearly reminded me of a non-stick pan because obviously nothing was going to be able to be retained all right my name is phil and you've listened to the lip <laughs>